Amen. Amen. So uh, this is the first week of four weeks of a series on prayer. And I'm excited because prayer is one of my favorite things to uh, to talk about, to teach, to explore. And I'm exploring with you guys. Listen, uh, the same scripture that we read 20 years ago can be uh, new and fresh if we'll just ask the Lord to show us something that we've never seen before. Um, that's That's what's talked about in the New Testament as the manifold grace of a God. The manifold grace of God is like multifaceted. When, when you see a, a diamond that's cut with many, many different cuts in it, you can turn it and you can see different colors and different shades and different uh, as it reflects the light. What, God's word is like that to us. And we may be using some scriptures that you've, you've heard before today, but I, I want them to be fresh in our hearts and fresh in our minds to lead us where God wants us to be in these 21 days of prayer. Commit today to fast and to pray um, and, and just follow God. There's, listen, there is no program. I know people have written books and you can do this and you can do the Daniel fast and you can pray this pattern. And we, we kind of give you a help to, to get you started in your prayer, but it's a discipline. And the more that we follow God, the more that we listen to him, the more that we will submit and commit our, our, our life, our will, our minds, our, what we do with our hands. And, and it's following the success in the 21 days of prayer is following the Holy Spirit. Just be listening to him and open to him. If he tells you to fast uh, social media, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> if he tells you to fast uh, the news, that's probably a good thing. If he, if he tells you to fast uh, sugar, I know that's probably a good thing, for me at least. I think the, the turkey and the hams and the pies are catching up with us. But um, God wants us not to be ruled by our flesh, but to walk in the Spirit. And that's what it means to, to fast and obey what he tells us to do. Um, more and more churches set aside the first of the year to seek God and set themselves aside to refocus on the Lord. And this year, I believe that um, one word that we're going to be hearing more than others is um, bold. The word bold. Yes. Um, those that are listening to the Spirit of God are going to hear him say, it's time to turn up the boldness. Amen. Amen. Can you say bold? bold. Uh, the first step in to becoming more bold is to just declare, I'm becoming more bold. Begin to use that word. God wants a bold church. Look at Proverbs 28, verse 1. This is the Passion Translation. I like this. Um, you may know it from the King James Version. Uh, it, it, it is like the wicked flees when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. But I like it in the uh, the Passion Translation says it like this. Guilty criminals experience paranoia, even though no one threatens them. <laughs> but the innocent lovers of God, because of righteousness, will have the boldness of a young, ferocious lion. That's what God wants us to, to emulate, is, is to have that tenacity, that boldness, that courage in this day that we're living in, when the world is shrinking back in fear and people are confused. God wants his church, the bride of Christ, to rise up in 
and knowing who they are in Christ and doing exploits. Those who, and Daniel says those who know their God will be weak and go hide in a hole. No. Just the opposite. Those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. That's what we signed up for. Let me just announce to you, if you're part of the church, you believe in Jesus, you signed up for doing exploits in 2021. Amen. I'm going to stir somebody up here. I'm going I'm to hang out right here until you become bold so I can go to point number one. This is just the introduction, so I need a couple more amens here. Amen. You signed up to be bold here. I'm going to become a drill sergeant this year. Listen, <laughs> come on, come on. Let's work it. Let's work it. And I'm not pumping you up. Listen, the word, just like Samuel says, all I have to give you is the word. And God says, here, take my word. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, check it out. He said, be of strong, be of good courage and be strong and courageous. Be strong of good courage. All that goes together. It, it equals faith. Strength and courage from the Lord equals faith. Be of good courage. Be strong in the Lord, it says in the New Testament. And we're going to do exploits for him. He wants us to do exploits. And part of that strength and courage comes through prayer. As we set ourselves aside this, this 21 days, this season, just be, be expecting that God is building boldness in you. Amen. Expect the boldness of God to rise up within you. We're going to use a key verse during this series in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 16, the New King James Version says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. There's two things. We're going to explore that a little bit more in, in, the, in the next few weeks. To help. Grace and mercy help in time of need. And we find ourselves in a time of need. We're in a time of need all the time. <laughs> Um, and especially in this year, we're in a time of need. We know less about what's going to happen than anybody else uh, on, on the earth. But we have the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. Having the Holy Spirit is our advantage of knowing what to do and where to go and what to do when we get there. The Living Bible says, Hebrews 4.16, like this. Um, so let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace and stay there. And stay there to receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I find in my life and I've seen in other people's lives that we, a lot of times we'll go to the throne of grace and we'll turn around and leave prematurely. Right. Instead of learning how to stay there and receive everything that God has for us. We have to, we have to look inwardly and, and check, our, check our level. I, I, I wished to God sometimes that we had like a gas gauge that we could, you know, we look at our phones and we say, okay, is, is the battery charged? How, what percentage is the battery charged? We get in our car and we look at the gauge and we say, okay, do I have enough gas to get to where I'm going to go? But in our own spiritual life, are we charged up enough? Have we stayed in his presence enough to receive that mercy and that grace that we need? Because we're going to need it today and this year, right? So the title for today's message is Standing Invitation. Standing Invitation. And I want to explore just this thought that God has 
broken down this wall of partition between us and him. He's opened the door of the throne room and he wants us to come in. He's inviting us in. There's a standing open invitation into the very throne room of God's grace for you. He has the table set before us in the presence of our enemies. And on that table, at a certain place, a certain position, is your nameplate. Your nameplate's there. And he's waiting for you to pull up your chair so that he can load you down with some good pie. Cherry and peach and, no, probably some keto food and rabbit food, some salads and... Stuff that's going to make you healthy, right? But he has a place. He's looking out for us. He wants to feed us. He wants us to be satisfied, not with the things that the world gives, but the things that only God gives. And so number one, the first point today is our place. Our place. There's a standing invitation, but we have to take our place. There is a place that we need to meet with God. And Moses discovered that place. You remember Moses was um, tending his father-in-law's sheep up in the mountains and saw a bush that was on fire that was not being consumed. And he thought, how strange. And then he heard the bush call out to him, hey, Moses. I mean, how, how weird would that be? You know, the bush knows your name. <laughs> Come here. Like, okay, I'm captured now. You know, I'm in, intrigued. And as he came closer, and that encounter, I'm not going to go into it. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's a life-changing encounter that Moses experienced with meeting with God that uh, affected his life for the rest of his life. And I do want to pick up in Exodus chapter 33, verse 7, where Moses established a tent of meeting. I'm going to read in the New New International Version, Exodus 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Now, I've searched and I've studied about this tent of meeting for uh, a number of years. doesn't matter how long, but every time I study it, I, I never found where God told him to do this, which means that he initiated this. He experienced the presence and the power of God when in the burning bush experience, and it changed his life, and so he wanted to meet with God. There's a place that we need to establish that we meet with God every day, wherever that place is. You establish that place. Make sure that it's quiet. Make sure that you have enough time, uninterrupted time, so that you can hear the voice of God. The tent of meeting. It says, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while Moses spoke with the, or the Lord spoke with Moses. And Moses spoke with the Lord, right? Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshiped, each at the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And then Moses would return to the camp. But notice this. His young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Joshua was, was being intrigued by this meeting between Moses and God. And it changed 
Joshua's life. People will see when you meet with God. They will see and notice a difference in your life when you spend time with God. When you receive from God. When you pray and you seek God's face and his direction for your life. It not only affects your life, but those that are watching you are intrigued by that meeting. God has really, really left it up to us to establish that place. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 5 through 6, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Some people like to pray to be seen by others and heard by others. Listen to me as I pray so that you can tell that I know God and how well I pray. And how much scripture I use in my prayers so that I can impress you. But Jesus said, no, truly I tell you, um, those people have received their, their reward in full, full. But when you pray, go into your room, closet, what have you. Close the door. Uh, some people in the church have even told me, Pastor, you know, I have an hour drive to work and I use my uh, car as a, a tabernacle, as a tent of meeting, as a sanctuary when I pray. And I, and I caution them, please open your eyes while you're doing that. <laughs> you know, don't close your eyes. And if the presence of the Lord gets really strong in your vehicle, please pull over because, you know, you don't want to have an accident and explain to the officer, well, I was just raising my hands and lost the wheel and... You know, <laughs> but establish that place because God will meet you where you want to meet him. He's looking to meet with you. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. See, faith is unseen, but it has results. You can see it. Jesus said, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. God wants to meet with us so that he can reward us. In Hebrews, he says, come to me. Come, let's go boldly before the throne of grace so that we can receive something. I know it's good to go to God and just enjoy time with him and listen to his voice. But expect to receive during these 21 days. Expect to receive. You know, there's different prayers that we pray at different times of prayer. But we use our faith, and every time we use our faith to approach God, there's boldness and confidence. Jesus said that we should go into our place of prayer. It's a place in time where earth touches heaven and heaven touches earth. When we touch God with our faith, he touches us with his provision. Whatever we need, anything that you need, God has. Husbands and wives, I want to encourage you to not put pressure on your spouse to provide your needs that only God can provide. Uh, that went over really well. Let me say it again. <laughs> Don't expect your spouse to be Jesus to you. <laughs> Guys, I know that your wife really hears from God. But uh, you need to hear from God yourself. Come on. Come on, guys. Amen. And women don't feel like you have to be your husband's Holy Spirit either. Right. <laughs> Encourage them to spend time with God. And uh, listen, if, if we put him first, like Samuel was saying, if we put him first, everything else 
falls into place. All of our relationships fall into place. If this vertical relationship is right, our horizontal relationships will thrive in 2021. Jesus is on the throne. And the reality is we have one foot on, in heaven on earth. I mean, one, one foot on earth and one foot in heaven. We have dual citizenship. I'm a spirit being. And the Bible says I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. But you see my body on earth. God needs my body on earth so that I can do his will. So that I can do what he wants me to do. But I've got to stay connected to heaven so I do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Right? And it comes from meeting with him. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't know what to do unless he tells me. And so that's why it's so important that I go to him and say, Lord, enlighten me. Show me something that I've never seen. This is, this is a bold prayer here. Lord, show me something that I've never seen so that I can do something I've never done. God wants you to do exploits. And you know what those exploits are. But he will challenge you. He will stretch you. He will take you out of your place of, of comfort and bring you into a place where he can use your voice. He can use your heart. He can use your skill and talent that he gave you for his kingdom and for his glory. Not to make money only. Come on. Fruit, the fruit of working for God is his blessing following you. But you won't have to chase Money. You won't have to work for a living. You'll work for God and God will provide what you need when you need it. Amen. It comes from this relationship that we have with him, meeting with him in that place. Point number two, our position. Wow, this is awesome. Our position with God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. Romans 5, 2 says, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We're, we are able to approach and access the very throne of God. The very presence of God through uh, grace and by faith which we stand in. And so last night I was here in my office as many times on Saturday as I am and just studying. Sometimes I'll study and I won't even know what time it is. Pastor Sheila will send me a message and say, hey, it's getting 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Are you going to come home? I've got some food for you to eat. And, I'm, you know, if I just get lost, then I'm just lost. Maybe I should bring a cot so sometimes I could just wake up and I'd already be here. But Elizabeth needed a she needed a, an answer to a question. And she leaves and comes over to my office. She busts through the door. And used her privilege to approach her father to ask a question. She didn't have to knock. Most people, when they come to my office, they'll knock. That's respectful. But my daughter of 30 years, she knows me 30 years. And she needed to ask a question. She knew that I was studying. She didn't beg, Dad, if you're in there, please let me in. <laughs> Can I please come in? I just have one question. Please. No. And she didn't, you know, when she opened the door, she said, she didn't say, Dad, I'm so unworthy. I've made so many mistakes. 
I just, I, don't, I, I just don't know if I can approach you. If I found favor in your eyes, please. <laughs> no. There's a privilege there. As sons and daughters, we have a privilege. And God gave us that privilege. But we have to exercise that privilege in a respectful way. Because he loves to see his children. He loves to see his children. Sometimes I'm working and I'm really involved and I have to make myself um, distaccato to, 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 to uh, detach from, to come away from what I'm doing so that I can focus on her. Okay, what it, tell me what you want. Tell me what it is that you're asking me so that I can give you the correct answer and not the uh-huh, like the grunt, right? Do we really, do we, are we really paying attention when we come before the Lord? Because he has your, he has your attention. Do you have his attention? Are, is there a connection there? I know sometimes I'm speaking from experience. Sometimes I'm, I go into prayer and I'm like uh, thinking about everything else but prayer. Going through the motions. We all do that, right? Okay, the little Bible reading plan says, okay, I'm supposed to read this today, and I read this, and I'm like, okay, I, I woke up a little bit late, so I don't have so much time, so Lord, bless me, bless mine, and keep me safe as I drive, and see you later. I'll catch you at lunch. But we have to uh, approach God from this position of being a son and a daughter. Jesus said, even said, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. But again, we have to come. We have to approach because there's a position. We have a position. Jesus said, I will in no way cast you out, right? Hebrews 10, 19 says this, the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters... We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of we're smart and we're pretty and we have everything that God wants. No. Because of the blood. Everybody say the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. It's because of the blood of Jesus that we're able to enter in the holy place. God wants us to come. He provided a way for us to come. He wants us to approach him. He's given us position. We are his because of the blood of Jesus. We have an audience with the king of kings. How many people try to get an audience with the queen of England or the president or somebody famous, you know? But we have an audience with the king of kings at any time, anywhere, 24-7, 365. Yes. He is waiting for us to come because of the position that we have with him. He loves us with an everlasting love. He will in no wise cast us out. The third point here is our posture. How should we take advantage of this standing invitation? I said it's time for the church to be bold. And we take this posture of being bold. But it's time for you to be bold with God. Be bold. What does that mean? Ephesians 3.12 says, In Him and through faith in Him, 
we may enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. So how do we come into the presence of the Lord? With boldness and with confidence. Confident that we belong there. We're in the right place. We shouldn't shrink back. If you shrink back in the presence of God, it's because of fear. But see, perfect love cast out all fear. When you come into his presence and he says, here, here's the table, here's your chair, here's your nameplate, pull up the chair. Tell me what you need. Tell me what you want. Tell me what's on your heart. I'm here for you. He sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. There's a difference between boldness and arrogance that I want to talk about for a minute. We're bold, but we're not arrogant. And sometimes this confident posture can be mistaken at times. To be bold means to be fearless and confident, courageous. And it's a state of being certain of God. Are you certain of your relationship with God? Are you certain that you're his child? Then we have nothing to be afraid of. Because his perfect love for us cast out that fear of failing him. He knows us before we approach him. That's why we examine ourselves when we do. We don't have to confess to a priest. We confess to God. Right? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't say that we have to go do any kind of penance or pay for anything, right? We have to take advantage of the cleansing blood and the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit at that very moment. And so when we come to him, we come in a confident state, being certain of God that he forgives us when we confess. But I find that most people uh, don't, don't, uh, they have trouble with boldness because of inferiority that they're dealing with and hurt. Listen, the Lord wants to heal you today before we leave here. Whatever happened in 2020 is gone. (laughs) We can't do anything about it. We can receive God's forgiveness today, his healing today, and that restoration of confidence and boldness in your life. He wants you to be bold. He wants you to come to him boldly, boldly, confident that he's a good God. Arrogance, on the other hand, is pride in oneself. Pride in oneself with the need of proving something. Anytime we try to prove to God that we're worthy, that's arrogance. And, and that stinks before God because there, there's nothing good in our flesh. <laughs> Anything you can do for God, he's already done way before you did it. We try to impress him. Lord, this is what we've done. Look, been there, done that, has a t-shirt here, Lord. No, no. He just wants your heart. He just wants your life. He wants your attention. Arrogance is focused on me. I've done this. I've earned that. I've been there. I've studied this and I have a degree to prove it. I'm going to show you how much I know and what I can do. 
I have to have a show, make a show to intimidate, right? That's arrogance. But boldness, on the other hand, is a confidence. It's knowing who you are in Christ and knowing who he is in you. We're there before God with that posture of receiving something. He wants to, he, he said, come, anything you need. If you put me first, Matthew 11, if, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things that you think, like Samuel was saying, the clothes, the shoes, the shoe rack for the shoes, the car, the new car, the things that we think that we need come secondary to our relationship with God. God made us to fellowship with him. It's great when he can work through us and do his will on this earth through us. But the primary reason that he created you is so that he could show you how much he loves you. Just receive that right now. And my daughter says, hey, look, Dad, I did this or I did that. And that thrills me. Yeah, that's awesome. But when we can just go out and enjoy each other's company and just, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Not, not, not even so much what do you need. How are you doing? God wants you to do good in 2021. That's why it's so important to come away with God. To, to go beside the still waters and let him restore your soul. But in order for our soul to be restored, we have to follow the shepherd to the still water. Right? And we're not on... We're not on our timetable, we're on his timetable. So I want to encourage you, this first month of 2021, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. And we need our minds and our hearts guarded with his peace. But don't rush it, don't push it. When you enter into his presence... Say, Lord, I'm here until you're finished talking with me. I want to get every instruction that I need. Samuel, thank you for being transparent and telling us that you and your wife are going to meet tonight to talk about 2021 and what we're going to do and ask the Lord to show us. This is, and it's a journey, guys. It's 21 days. We're not in a sprint. We're in a marathon. Remember this, the devil pushes, Jesus leads. He leads by steps. Steps. He knows where you are and he, he only expects you to take the next step. Just like you can't live by someone else's faith. You have to start where you are. He's going to lead us this year. I'm going to ask anybody here, anybody watching, need to recommit or commit for the first time their, their life to Christ. This is a sacred moment. This is where 
you decide your decision, the, the greatest decision that you could ever make in your life. Jesus wants me to follow him. If you have begun to follow him, how closely are you following him? We, everyone in this room, could, we can recommit this morning to following Jesus closer, to giving him more of our time, more of our talent, more of our finances. Because he, if he is our all in all, if he is our life, then he's worth giving everything to. So I want us to bow our head and close our eyes and, and just think. Think about your life, no one else's. What, what has happened in your life? As we were singing that song earlier, and I came on the phrase and I was singing it out, all my life you have been faithful. The Lord showed me when I was a child, six years old in a vacation Bible school on St. Simon's Island in the First Baptist Church on St. Simon's Island. He showed me a picture of myself walking in that BBS classroom and how he attracted my heart at that young age and it put me on the floor just minutes ago. Can you definitely say that there was a connection at a time in your life where you connected with God, where you gave him your life? Remember that. If you can't say that you remember that, then I want to give you some words and help you to make that decision today. If that's you and you want to pray and you want to follow this decision, let's all say this together. Heavenly Father, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That He was born on uh, born on earth of a virgin named Mary and that he shed his blood for me he paid for my salvation and he was buried in a tomb but he rose again and he's alive and t- today I believe that he's my Lord and Savior thank you Father For receiving me as your child. I'm born again by the blood of Jesus. And I choose to follow him all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. So that I can walk in victory with you. In Jesus' name. Look up here real quick before we go. If you prayed that prayer or made that decision, today we're going to have people down here to pray with you. If you did, come down, if you would please, come down and and just say, hey, I prayed that prayer. Or I prayed that prayer again. You know, when I was a child, I prayed that prayer and I've been walking my own way and today I've made that decision to connect with Jesus and walk with him and I just, I just want you to pray for me. You know, the best times in our life are when we realize we need help. <laughs> you know, God didn't make us to do life on our own strength. Thank you for those two amens. I know <laughs> you're agreeing with me. We need each other. 
And the way I read my Bible is the, the closer that Jesus, the, the, the closer it is to Jesus coming, the more we need each other. So we need each other. And we're here to pray for you. Guys, come on up if you're on the prayer team today. If you'll just come and take your place. If you need prayer for healing, if you're dealing with fear, if you've lost your job, if you need uh, finances, whatever it is, the need, if it's, it's a, if it's big, if it's small, God knows. And if it is important to you, it's important to him, it's important to us, he wants to meet you right there where you are. So go ahead and stand, everybody, before we leave. I'm going to pray that the Lord would show us what he wants us to see in these 21 days. If you'll go to the website at lifeway.church, uh, today we're going to get out the uh, guide, prayer guide, to help you pray through these 21 days. I'm going to put out a video every morning this 21 days. It's not going to be long, maybe a minute and a half. If you'll, if you'll tune in, we'll pray together. I'll share a scripture. It's an important time in the life of our church. It's an important time in the life of your life uh, for your 2021 to set things in order. Father, thank you again for an awesome day. Lord, we thank you that your spirit has, has already spoken to us and given us things to do. Our to-do list from you, Father, is more important than any other to-do list. So we rearrange and reprioritize our life. Jesus, we put you first. We take advantage of that standing invitation, that open invitation to meet with you anytime, anywhere, to hear your voice, to recharge us, fill us with boldness and courage to be doers of your word and not just hearers only. Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you've called us your children. We thank you, Father, for using us on our jobs, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our community, for your glory and for your kingdom, Lord. We commit to standing up for Jesus, speaking for him and leading others to him. Father, where there's fear in our world, let us so love and strength, peace and joy, grace and mercy. Use us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.